Good morning, church. It's so weird and good to be out from behind the piano in front of all of you once again this morning. Good morning to every one of you online that are joining us today, too. Um, I'm Pastor Bonnie. I'm normally the worship leader here, so you rarely ever see me. Um, But today I'm bringing you the word of God. So how many of you know that the last words of a person hold importance and significance, good or bad? The last words of anybody hold a significance in our lives. Could be good or bad. Well, today I want to reflect as my pastoral reflection to all of you. I want to reflect on the last words of Jesus before he ascended to heaven and left this earth. So we are going to read today from Acts chapter 1. And for context, I'm going to read to you verses 4 through 8. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And you can keep this open on your phone or your Bible or whatever. You can read it on the screen. Whatever you prefer. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. And this is what it says. Once when he was eating with them, meaning Jesus, and them refers to his disciples. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus' words here in this verse, this is where we get our term as a Pentecostal church, as Pentecostal believers, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised this as some of his last words, that you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to be free, to, to free Israel and restore our kingdom? See, the disciples here were still thinking. Even after they saw Jesus die and rise from the dead, they were still thinking here, Jesus has come back, so now's the time that he's going to free Israel from Roman rule, and we're going to rule the earth forever. See, they were still thinking in temporal, governmental, earthly terms. They, they forgot everything Jesus had taught them his whole time on earth. They were still thinking that way. And he replied in verse 7, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know. In other words, he was saying to his disciples, don't concern yourself with that. Here's what, and then, he be, and then he goes on to say something else, but he's saying to them, here's what you need to know. Here's my last words to you. Here's the most important thing that you need to remember while your time on earth is still happening. Until I come again, we know if we study the book of Revelation, we know that Jesus is coming again. He didn't leave earth some 2,000 years ago and leave us here with no hope of him ever coming again. He's coming again. And he's going to come and he's going to create that new heaven and that new earth that the disciples thought was going to happen back then. But he's saying to them, don't worry about that. Concern yourself instead with this. 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 8 was Jesus' last words to his disciples and to us here on earth before he ascended to heaven. You will be You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is what he wanted the disciples to be concerned about until he comes again. He wanted them to be concerned about being, like my t-shirt says, empowered witnesses to the world. I I ordered this on Amazon. You all can get it if you love it. It was like $10. Awesome. But he wants us to be concerned about being empowered witnesses to the world as his disciples. Now, the first evidence of these words of Jesus happened in Acts chapter 2 when the disciples of Jesus were gathered together in an upper room and they were waiting and they were praying and there was this roaring sound and fire fell from heaven upon each one and scripture tells us that the, the words of Jesus were fulfilled. Everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. See, Jesus knew, Jesus knew that his disciples would need proof of his presence here on earth after he left. They would need evidence that his presence still was in them and went with them, even after he left the earth. And so he left behind his Holy Spirit to fill them and to manifest himself through his disciples by speaking in other languages. Now, this was not an isolated event. This Acts chapter 2 verse 4 was not an isolated event of this manifestation of the Holy Spirit happening. People spoke in tongues, the disciples spoke in tongues, believers spoke in tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them throughout the book of Acts. There's multiple accounts in the book of Acts. Throughout, it's talked about and and taught throughout the New Testament and even throughout church history. The occurrences were actually even prophesied by Ezekiel and by Joel and by Isaiah. So today, what I want to reflect upon and what I would like to do here today for us is to demystify the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when I say the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I mean speaking in tongues. I want to demystify it. I want to take away the weirdness, the, the, maybe the unbelief, the scariness, the doubt. And for some of you here today, um, well, I just want to speak about it practically and, per- and personally. Practically and personally, for some of you here today, this might just be a message of confirmation that maybe in, in, in recent weeks or months or maybe years even that 
you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit as a believer already. You pray in tongues. You speak in tongues. But maybe the Holy Spirit has been increasing that in your life. Because in these last days, in these dark times, when we don't know how to pray, and the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with words that we don't have, that's what Scripture teaches us. So maybe in your life, the Holy Spirit has been increasing that prayer language for these last days and these last times. Maybe, and this is just confirmation of that. Maybe today, you're, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you, you haven't prayed in the Spirit in a while. You haven't had that Holy Spirit manifestation come through your life in a while. Maybe it was just like a one-time thing, but you kind of doubted it or, or left it alone or left it by the wayside. Well, maybe this today is a refreshing and a renewing of what power Jesus promised us and that gift that he promised us in his word as his last words. Maybe today this is going to be all new for you to hear. Maybe this is a next step in your walk with Christ that you want to seek the Lord to receive this baptism in the Holy Spirit for all the reasons that I'm going to talk about today. Now, it's not a coincidence that I'm talking to our church today about this very topic because our youth just came back from youth camp, and I don't want to steal Pastor Paul's thunder. He's going to, I'm sure, share so many amazing testimonies and stories next week. But our youth came back from youth camp having experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, many of them for the first time. See, (laughs) this is real. And it's happening. God is real. His spirit is alive and well. And it is happening. Like Joel prophesied in Joel 2.28, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. God has been pouring out his spirit upon all his disciples throughout history. It's not a new thing. It's not part of a movement. It's been happening for decades, for, for centuries, since, the, since Jesus left the earth and Acts chapter 2 happens. It's been happening ever since then. God has been continually, throughout history, throughout the history of the church, you can research it and see that it's been hap- that's happened over and over and over again across denominational lines. doesn't matter what, what theology you ascribe to, that the Holy Spirit has been poured out on his disciples and been made manifested his presence has been manifested to those who were hungry and who believe now the assemblies of god of which we are a part was birthed and began of all days i love god's timing of all days on new year's day of 1901 It began on New Year's Day of 1901 with Bethel Bible School students in Topeka, Kansas, led by Charles Parham. And after studying the second chapter of Acts and searching other scriptural evidence, they all concluded, and I would say rediscovered, because it's not something new, but they rediscovered for themselves that the baptism in the Holy Spirit came with undeniable proof of speaking in other languages. Other languages that are recognizable, or maybe not. 
a heavenly tongue or an earthly tongue. But in an all-night New Year's Eve prayer meeting, a female student was prayed for, and she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it is recorded in history that she was under the baptism and the influence of the Holy Spirit for three days. She could not speak English. (laughs) It literally would not come out of her mouth for three days. The Spirit was manifesting through her in this way. Every time, and from there it spread. From there, it spread like wildfire because it was a witness to all believers that his spirit and his presence is alive with us today. Every time a believer in Jesus has been baptized in the Holy Spirit throughout history to this very day, I believe that it is an answer to the prayer of Jesus when he prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If ever we needed heaven on earth, it is now. It is today. We need heaven on earth. The manifestation of the presence of God once more and more right now, today, in this very hour, in this very moment. See, Jesus said to his disciples, just like John's baptism in water, that you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, we can experience, we can experience a total, baptism is total immersion. We can experience this total immersion in the spirit of God and be filled with his power. That's what the word tells us. That's what Jesus' last words tell us. We can become completely overcome by the presence of the Lord in response to our desire and our surrender as we worship him, as we open up our mouths to worship him because the baptism cannot have the Holy Spirit cannot happen unless we open up our mouths. I've had, I've seen many people pray and seek for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they're just, their mouths are closed. You need to open up your mouth and begin to worship the Lord. Begin to praise him. Begin to talk to him out loud with an open mouth and praise him. You begin to focus on him, his will, his way, his works. You give up control. That's a biggie. You give up control. Stop thinking about it. Stop rationalizing. Stop looking for a feeling. You just surrender completely to him. And as you worship him, as you focus on him, as you give up control, he will fill you with power from on high. He will manifest his presence in us, and he will, in a very real and undeniable way, show us who he is. Now, from here... I had so many points and so much scriptural evidence to show you how, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is necessary. And I wanted to prove it to you. And I had this whole case built. And I had a a second draft of the case built because I wasn't happy with the first one. And then 
you know, I've been wrestling with this message for weeks. And in the midst, you know, life has been crazy, and it's almost as if there's, you know, this enemy out there, like, trying to, you know, distract us, and I don't know. I don't know. It's almost like there's, you know, like this enemy of our souls, like the devil, Satan, trying to distract us and get at us. <laughs> Whatever. But it's not going to hinder me because at one something this morning, I woke up and I was still wrestling with this and I wrote a third draft and it was nothing like the first two because the Lord reiterated to me, he said, I want you to speak to them practically and personally. I want you to speak to them about the baptism of the Holy Spirit practically and personally. Like it's an everyday normal occurrence that, you know, you just, you walk through and you don't even think about. Because for me, it kind of, I mean, it kind of is, it kind of is something I don't even think about. I treasure it and I know the power of it, but it's, it's just practical and it's personal to me. And so that's how I'm going to speak to you today. So we are going to focus on Jesus' last words in Acts chapter 1-8 as I talk. He said, but you will receive, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be, you will be, not you may be, you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So here's the main point of all of that. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is evidence that we are given supernatural power to be witnesses for Jesus and build the kingdom of heaven on earth. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is evidence that we are and will be empowered witnesses to the world. So I want to talk about that supernatural power in a personal, practical, real way. I was saved. I accepted Jesus as my personal Savior and Lord when I was, I don't know, probably five. I just say, like, I've been saved all my life because I grew up, you know, on the pews of the church, and I grew up, you know, just singing his praises all my life long. So I never knew anything different. And I knew that, you know, in my heart of hearts, that it was the right thing to do as a little child to accept Jesus as my savior in my heart. And so I grew up loving Jesus, serving Jesus. But it wasn't until, it wasn't until I was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was a teenager that Jesus became very, very real to me. You see, the spirit of God that was already in me upon salvation, when we are saved, when we accept Jesus as our personal Savior and Lord, we have, we are promised the deposit of the Holy Spirit already in us. But it wasn't until that his Holy Spirit manifested himself through me and I began to speak in other tongues that Jesus became very, very, very real to me in my life. The only way I can really explain it is that there, the Holy Spirit in me was burning a desire to repent 
and renew my commitment to God. And there was a hunger and a burning desire in my soul for more of God that was only satisfied, completely satisfied, the moment I opened up my mouth and began to speak in an unknown language. Because to me, that was the evidence of his presence in me. That was the evidence of his presence with me as he began to flow out of me. And the more I allowed this, we call it sometimes a personal prayer language, okay? This this baptism of the Holy Spirit, sometimes God uses that to pray and to communicate our spirit with his. And as I began to flow in that more and more in my quiet times as a teenager, I began to know his presence more and develop a very deep relationship with God. It brought power to my life. It brought power to the way I thought because I saw the Bible in, in a different way. I was thinking and in a, in a, I saw people around me differently. It changed how I lived because I was more aware of my actions. I was more aware of the Holy Spirit in me. And I was more aware of how I treated other people. I gave, gave me more insight and awareness to different situations. It gave me a boldness to want to share Jesus with others. And, and let me tell you, when that boldness came, the opportunities came. Like, out of nowhere, just doors open and people were asking me questions left and right through my halls of, the halls of my high school. And even in the way I prayed, there was a fervency, there was an expectancy, there was this sense of that I had a direct line to heaven that I never knew before. Now, this is not to say that, you know, the whole thing was like from there on out, my whole life was perfect and I had the fruit of the spirit and I was living all great and hey, it was all wonderful and, you know, rainbows and roses and everything else. No, because there's still the fight between our flesh and the spirit. There's still the process of sanctification. There's still all of that. But what I can say is that this was not just a one and done thing. This became an almost daily devotional occurrence that the Holy Spirit would pray through me in other tongues. And when I was aware of his presence in that way, it was very, very hard to think about anything other than his will, his love, his forgiveness, his grace, and his mercy. And it gave me the power to live with a boldness but also to live the way he wants me to live. And so when I just say, Holy Spirit, I need you, and I begin to pray, his presence meets me in that need, and you know what? It's impossible. It's almost impossible to, to fail or falter because I know he's with me. And so I don't want to fail him because he's never failed me. And so that power that that brought me, that power to, to live 
then gave me a boldness to witness. And that's what it taught, what Jesus is saying. You will receive power when the spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses, to be witnesses for Jesus. Because the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a supernatural power so we can be effective witnesses because we know that we know that we know without a shadow of a doubt that his presence is with us as he manifests himself in us. And how it just brings this boldness because we don't have any doubt in our mind that he's real and he's alive and he is who he says he is. I have two testimonies of this manifestation um, of the Holy Spirit in my life recently. One was a testimony, um, actually a witness to myself (laughs) and my own doubts. Another was a witness to a friend. But there was, um, like about a month ago or so, I don't know, I was just, it was an ordinary day. And um, I was warming up my lunch. And I thought of somebody, somebody came to mind to pray for. And so I just, you know, I was by myself and I, as my lunch was warming up, I began to think of them and I said, oh, Lord, how do you want me to pray? And I began to pray in the spirit, in an unknown tongue. And as this, the spirit was flowing out of me, as this unknown language was flowing out in prayer for this person I was thinking of, I began to think about, like, why can't I just pray in English? Why, why do I have to, why do I, what, like, is this even real? What is, what is this meaning? Like, what is, is this even doing anything? I don't, like, so there's doubts going through my mind as this other language is coming out of my mouth. And, and, my, and my mind is like, why is this even, you know, why can't I just pray in English? Why does, why does this always have to happen? Like, is this even real? Am I, is, is this me doing it? Like, all these flooding doubts and thoughts came into my mind. And then, out of nowhere, just one word, not in English, came out of my mouth more forcefully than, re- and, than the rest. Brotitashti. And I stopped. I was like, okay, what was that? And I like, was compelled to write it down. And so I wrote it down, how it sounded, with letters. And I was compelled to look it up, to see what it meant. <laughs> like, is this real? Is it not? Because if it's not anything real, then this is all fake and I don't know. Right? So, I, does anybody here speak Bulgarian? No? Okay. Me neither. Until this day, apparently. So, I put it into Google Translate, how I thought it sounded and spelled. Let me tell you how I was freaking out that it was an actual language. <laughs> it came up Bulgarian. And then I copied those, those characters, those, those Bulgarian characters, letters, in three different translation search engines because I was like, this is not even a real thing. So I, I, and I don't trust Google Translate all the time, so I copied those, those characters into three different translation engines, search engines, and it came up to mean the same thing each and every time, countered. And so I was like, all right, Lord, what, is, what does that mean? I mean, this is cool that it's actual real language. Like, okay, that's proof enough for me that you're real and that you're, you know, speaking through me. That's cool enough. But, like, I wanted to know what it meant. So I didn't really understand countered, so I split the, the word in two, 
like protitashti. It was still Bulgarian, but it had something to do with my mother-in-law. I don't know. So then Joe came home. My husband came home. And so I said, um, this, is, this is a weird thing kind of happened. Like, is your mother okay? Like, you know, is everything okay with her? Like, um, he's like, yeah, she's fine. So I was like, it's not that. But anyway, I was praying about this and thinking about how I was doubting, praying for this person in the spirit. And if you look up the meaning of the word countered, it means to speak or act in opposition to. And when I was praying about it and asking the Lord, like, what did he want us to try to tell me here? He was saying, don't doubt when my spirit is praying through you. Because in that moment, it came up against the enemy that that person was facing and it countered it. It acted in opposition to it. And from that moment, about a month ago till today, whenever I pray in the spirit for somebody, that word comes to mind. I don't even doubt it for a second anymore. I'm just like, Holy Spirit, you have your way. You do what you need to do. I don't need to know. Second um, testimony I want to share with you is about um, we, about maybe back in March or so, um, we were sitting at a table in a restaurant um, with some of my husband's family and a friend of mine, a friend that I've been friends with for about 20 years. And now my friend is a believer, and I've known her for 20 years, she, but she grew up in a denomination that never you know, dealt with speaking in tongues or anything like that. So over the course of those 20-some-odd years of our friendship, we've talked about that from time to time. And I've just shared with her some personal testimony and, you know, things that I've learned. And, um, but anyway, we were sitting in the restaurant all together, and a member of my husband's family started having a seizure at the table. Now, this was not my first rodeo with somebody having a seizure at the table in the middle of a restaurant. Believe it or not. <laughs> my, my older daughter, Leah, actually had a febrile seizure at a table at the table of Cheesecake Factory in Freehold when she was two. And I reacted the same way then as I did in March. I got up from the table. My friend said, should I call 911? I said, absolutely, yes, 100%. And so she's calling 911. I go over to the family member. I lay my hands, and I begin to pray in the spirit out loud in the middle of a Vietnamese restaurant. I wish that the Holy Spirit chose Vietnamese in that time because that would have been so cool. But I began to pray out loud in the spirit. I, listen, it's just something, it just happens. And so I'm praying and I'm praying and the paramedics get there. And so I stop praying and I walk away. And meanwhile, they, they you know, did all kinds of assessments and everything. And our family member is completely fine. It was, it was a fluke thing. It was just something that they don't even know what, how, why it happened. She has a they have clean bill of health. No problem whatsoever. Um, able to go home. Paramedics cleared her, her doctor cleared her, everything was good with her. But I walk over to my friend, and my friend looks at me and she goes, So, that's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I look at her and I said, Oh, yeah, I didn't even realize. (laughs) It just happens. (laughs) I don't think she needed a translation in that moment. I don't think she needed a translation in that moment to have a witness that the Spirit of God was in that place among us. She just knew. 
and understood what was happening. And see, when God manifests himself by his spirit, how could we not want to let the whole world know? That is what brings the power to build the kingdom of heaven here on earth. When his presence manifests, that brings the power to be witnesses and build his kingdom here on earth. Because we know that we know that we know that we are not doing it on our own. We are not doing it of our own strength. We are not doing it of our own mind. We are not doing it of our own flesh. It is God and God alone who does it. Every single hour, every single moment of every single day, whether it's praying in your prayer closet, whether it's laying hands on somebody and praying for them, whether it is giving a message in tongues with interpretation for the corporate body to edify them in the church, speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is vital for our Christian walk. Isaiah 32, 15 says this, until at last the Spirit is poured out from heaven, then the wilderness will become a fertile field and the fertile field will yield bountiful crops. You see, throughout the course of history, there have been moves of God, revivals and awakenings of his spirit in which the spirit of God has manifested and evidenced himself among his people and during which times there has been a great harvest of souls that have been brought before the Lord for the kingdom of God. And when God shows himself real to us, It stirs us up to want to bring as many people as we can into the knowledge of his saving grace under his wing of discipleship because it is the power to witness, it is the power to build the kingdom of God. So we need the Holy Spirit to consume us. Moment by moment, day by day, God, I need the evidence of your presence. Jeremy, you can come up and start playing behind us as we close today. See, the world is watching us. The world is watching us as we make our case for Christ. When I was preparing for this message and I was meditating on Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the first thing I thought of was the word witness. And I was dwelling on that word, witness. And I was thinking, what does a witness do? A witness gives testimony. And I thought about that English word testimony. And I was like, where did we even get that English word testimony? I don't know. I looked it up. The Latin root word for our English word testimony literally means third person standing by. The third person of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. When we are witnesses giving our testimony, literally in the meaning of our English word, the Holy Spirit is standing by. And I began to think of us on the witness stand. And I began to think of how 1 Peter 5.8 talks about our adversary, our enemy, the devil. And that word enemy in the Greek, antidikos, literally means a legal adversary in a courtroom. 
So now I'm getting this picture of a courtroom with us as Christians on the witness stand. And we are witnesses for the defense of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And our defense counsel is the third person of the Trinity standing by, the Holy Spirit, who is guiding our testimony. Without the defense counsel, a witness on the witness stand, without a defense counsel guiding that testimony can be dis can bring a discredit or even be a mockery to a court of law if you try to get on a witness stand to defend something without a defense counsel present to guide your testimony effectively it, it sometimes can make a mockery of the court and so then I began to see that the world the world outside is judge and jury they are looking to us. They are looking at the case we make for Christ. And if we don't get on that witness stand with that defense counsel, our Holy Spirit guiding our testimony every moment of every day, every step of the way, then they may rule in favor of the prosecution, the persecutor of our souls. It's happening already. We see it day after day. We need to be baptized, fully immersed in the Holy Spirit with increased power to bolster our witness before this world that can effectively testify to and defend Jesus and his gospel and his truth and his life and his way. Now, it's something supernatural. I want to encourage you today. We're going to end in prayer, and I'm going to invite you. If, first of all, if you've never committed your life to Jesus, if you have never asked him to come into your heart and forgive him, forgive you of your sins, that's going to be the first call. But the second call, I want to invite you to come up to this altar and just have a few moments to pray and seek the Lord because right now in this moment is a moment that he very well may have for you to be baptized in his spirit or to be renewed in that baptism or just to flow in that baptism. But it's something that's supernatural. So I want to encourage you not to try to understand it, not to try to rationalize it, not to try to even think about it in your own natural mind. You'll get nowhere thinking like that. It's something supernatural. And this is message is not to make you feel bad or bring any kind of conviction. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that no one is better than anyone else because they've receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or not. We're all one in Jesus. We are all one in Jesus Christ. But hopefully I've shown you just a little bit today of how powerful, how essential, how vital, how necessary, how amazing his presence can be if you just allow him 
to show himself real to you. He will. He will. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that our ways are not your ways. We thank you that our thoughts are not your thoughts. But your ways, God, are higher. Your thoughts are higher. And Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your last words to us that promised us your presence here on earth, even after you left, that promised us proof and evidence of your spirit with us so that we could have undeniable proof that you still go with us, your disciples. Right now, I just want to pray with anyone here today who does not know you. Jesus, I want to pray with anyone today who wants to know you, who wants to know the forgiveness of sins that you bring, who wants to know the fullness of life that you bring. So right now, if you're in this room and you have never said a prayer to repent of your sins and make Jesus your Savior and Lord of your life, ruler of your life, if you have never done that before, I want you to raise your hand just before the Lord and so I can pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Next, I want to invite you as those that have made yourself disciples, that have said yes to Jesus, and you are a disciple, that means that you are a follower of Jesus when you say yes to him in salvation. I want to invite you to come to these altars and pray and worship the Lord. There's no time, there's no moment that the Spirit is not ready and willing to move in our hearts, to move in our lives, to manifest himself in us if we hunger and desire. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that is you today, if you desire to be filled with more of God, like I talked about, that hunger and that desire for more of God that, that was only satisfied when, when words that I didn't even know started pouring out of my mouth. If that's you today, I want you to come up to these altars, come up to the front and just stand or sit or bow before the Lord and just begin to worship him as we sing. And I'm going to ask you, if anybody does come up, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit already, I would ask you to come up and pray for those who do come up. We're going to spend this time, we're going to sing this song, and we're going to seek the Lord today. If you need to leave, feel free to leave. If you need to go pick up your children, please do it quietly. But I just want to spend five minutes, just five minutes in the presence of the Lord, seeking his face. It may not happen here. It may happen in your car on the way home. It may happen tonight in your prayer closet. It may happen a week from now. You never know when the Spirit moves and when we surrender ourselves to Him, He does what He's going to do. So can we just give Him some time to do that this morning? Jesus, Jesus.
on us God fall fresh on us spirit of the living God fall fresh on us renew us refresh us remind us like you reminded me a month ago and even till this day that your presence is with us that your spirit is real. God, thank you for reminding us this morning that you've never lost a battle. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would follow us from this place. Be with your people. Show yourself real and mighty, I pray this day. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Let us see a heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. 